To those of you listening to us on the internet, and to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, and to our members and guests here at Beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our message this morning is the gospel for this day. You heard it read before. I recall just these words. But people who are considered worthy to come back to life and live in the next world will neither marry nor die anymore. They are the same as the angels. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who truly is the way and the truth and the life, my beloved. Have you ever met a Sadducee? Neither did I. Uh, that's not surprising at all, considering that the last one died about 2,000 years ago. The words before us this morning are Jesus in a discussion with a religious sect in Jerusalem called the Sadducees. The Sadducees were usually priests. They did a lot of work in the temple. They were also extremely wealthy, and consequently they looked down on a lot of other people as being inferior. Jesus' discussion with these Sadducees took place on either Tuesday or Wednesday of Holy Week. On Friday, Jesus would be nailed to a cross to die for the sins of the world. But Jesus took time out, even during Holy Week, to teach people. Now, Jesus was confronted by these Sadducees at this particular time because they wanted to make a fool out of Jesus. And even though this discussion looks like it might be a discussion about marriage, it really wasn't about marriage at all. To cut to the heart of the issue, it was a discussion about the question, is there life after death? And the, the Sadducees, in order to attack Jesus with this question, posed a real ridiculous scenario but Jesus gave them a very surprising answer. But life after death, the Sadducees said no, but Jesus said yes. Now the question of is there life after death is an important one. Because if there is no life after death, then death really is the end. If there is no life after death, then there is no such thing as heaven or hell. If there is no life after death, there is nothing like reward and punishment. If there is no life after death, then there is no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no life after death, then there's no real purpose of any of history. And then you and I have been believing nothing but a fairy tale. And believe it or not, that's what's going on in a whole lot of churches around the United States today. They don't worry about hell. They don't worry about heaven. Those things are irrelevant. And so you know what the message is? And, so, and it's, I think, why so many people don't go to church anymore today. The churches teach nothing but moralizing. Be very good people. Be kind to children and animals. 
And let's all try to get along a little bit better so that this world is a better place in which for us to live. I mean, you can get that message at the local gym or at the bakery or wherever you go during the day. But back to the words and Jesus' discussion with the Sadducees. The Sadducees were trying to pose a real ridiculous story in order to make Jesus look foolish. Now, in order to really understand their discussion, you had to understand what the Sadducees didn't believe. First of all, the Sadducees didn't believe in the last uh, 34 books of the Old Testament. They only believed in the first five books of the Old Testament. They didn't believe in angels. They didn't believe in heaven or hell. They didn't believe in life after death. They didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. They didn't believe in the immortality of the soul. And so all of those things, were a, Jesus was a direct threat to all of those beliefs, or should I say non-beliefs. Now to set the stage a little bit for the ridiculous question that the Sadducees asked Jesus, there was an Old Testament law. You find it in Deuteronomy chapter 25. It was called the law of the leveret. God ordained it to his Old Testament people. It doesn't pertain to us any longer today. Because of the importance of preserving a family's name, the law provided for the brother of a man who died childless to marry the widow and have children in the name of the deceased brother. And that was considered a sacred obligation in the Old Testament. And so the Sadducees used that as a background to pr propose this ridiculous scenario. And you heard the story read before. It's about seven brothers. And the first brother was married and he died and his wife was a widow and they didn't have any children. So she married the second brother. But he died too, and they still didn't have any children. And it happened with the third, fourth, fifth, all the way to the seventh. And so the Sadducees, you can see them with sort of a grin on their faith, ask, ask Jesus, Now, Jesus, uh, in the life after death in heaven, whose wife will she be? You could almost uh, anticipate snickers in the audience from the Sadducees. I mean, which, which uh, one would be her husband? The first one? The last one? The good-looking one? The one that was, had the most money? Jesus had an answer for the Sadducees. He said, you're wrong. Because this life is not the same as the next life. We all, he, he always said, in, in heaven, there is not going to be any marriage any longer. And we're going to be like the angels. We won't uh, die. I think I understand why there isn't going to be any marriage in heaven. We need marriage here on earth for the propagation of the human race. Just think of that. In a dying world, if there were no children added to the world, finally the human race would die out. We have to replace those who are gone. But in heaven, there is no birth. There is no death. There are no funerals, there are no weddings, and we will be like the angels. We will never die. And in heaven, our love for each other will be so perfect, it goes beyond all of our comprehension and understanding today in this world. But besides all that, Jesus had another answer for the Sadducees, and he knew that they only believed in the first five books of the Bible, and so he reminded them of the story of Moses and the burning bush, and you heard it read before. And he reminded the Sadducees, what did, Ab what did God say 
to Moses? He said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When Moses was standing there at the burning bush, Abraham had been dead for 500 years. Isaac and Jacob for 400 years. But God said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He used the present tense, not the past. He didn't say, I was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because Abraham and Isaac and Jacob are still living. They're still alive. That's why in the funerals that uh, I conduct here at Beautiful Savior, whenever I talk about a departed deceased, I always like to talk about them in the present. They didn't go out of existence. Oh, sure, remember we remember the gifts of the past that God gave to them in this life. But they're alive in the arms of Jesus. And now they're waiting for the final day when their soul and their body will be reunited and bodily we will all go to heaven. And that's why somebody coined the term, we don't just believe in life after death. We believe in life after the life after death. You see, when you die, you go to heaven to be with Jesus spiritually. But on the final day, body and soul are reunited once again. And bodily, we will live together with our Savior. The question that we have some time is, though, what's that experience going to be like? What's it going to be like to, if we have to die and go to heaven? I'd like to present this imaginary scenario of a pregnant wife. And maybe it'll help us understand a little bit. In fact, one pastor told this story. He said, you know, when my wife was pregnant with one of our kids, every time I got up and preached on Sunday morning, the baby started moving around in her womb. It happened every Sunday. And I think we're discovering that there's more and more evidence that a baby inside a, a woman's womb can actually hear the voice of the mother and voice of the father, and they become familiar voices. So imagine this imaginary scenario. If you could talk to an unborn born fetus inside its mother's stomach, and you could say, well, what, what are you experiencing there? And the baby would probably say, well, you know, it's kind of dark in here, but it's nice and warm, and it's wet, and I'm pretty comfortable. But let that baby come sliding out through the birth canal, and surely it must be a terrifying experience. And then they're caught by some stranger who keeps slapping them on the behind, and then they start crying, and there's all these lights and all the sounds. What's going on? What does it all mean? And what are these people doing to me? But after a few seconds, which probably seems like an eternity, the baby is placed in his mother's arms, and now he hears the voice, except he hears it clearer. And so the baby stops crying. Now he has begun a life beyond anything he ever knew before. And he certainly now recognizes the voice of those who love him. And you know, I think that's a picture of what heaven will be like to us. I mean, right now we think we know so much about heaven, but soon... We're going to be born into a new life with God where I believe we're going to discover how little of heaven we really understood. But as I told the kids before, don't you wish once in a while you could just touch Jesus for some proof? But thanks be to God, we do have someone with eyewitness testimony. In fact, somebody who died and came back to life. And that's our dear Lord Jesus Christ. And what did he say? He said, put your finger here, look at my 
hands. Take your hand and put it into my side. And the response is, my Lord and my God. You were dead, but you're alive. I don't know if you ever thought about it before, but you know what the leading cause of death is? The leading cause of death? The leading cause of death is birth. Being born. Because as soon as you start breathing, you're on your way to the day when you will stop breathing. And if that's all there is and there ain't no more, then this life is pretty depressing. And I think you know as well as I do that living a life knowing that there's still more to come is a whole lot different than living a life thinking that this is all there is. But Jesus says, there's still more. There is life. And there is life after death. And there is life after the life after death. This is not all there is. There's still more to come. That's what Jesus said. And thanks be to God for that. Amen.